Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for. For Boyd today, having a great time. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, today, along the Wasatch Front, another smoky, sunny day. And it's just been all summer, the same thing. We just haven't got, we haven't had that bluebird day all summer. And it's because of this smoke. And we're just seeing the craziest wildfires here in the American West. And then you add in the increased, uh, the increased ferocity of our recent hurricanes and everyone is talking about global warming and the role that global warming is playing on these natural disasters. And so, but let's talk about it though, where kind of that hit the rubber hits the road. Um, and that is how it might affect your pocketbook and affect your ability to operate, the ability to insure your property in some of these areas. We've got Jerry Theodoro is the director of finance, insurance, and trade policy at uh, R Street Institute. Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to talk uh, specifically about insurance, but are the insurers that we're using every day to insure our homes and uh, and other things, are these insurers expecting these natural disasters that we see, the storms, the forest fires, things like that, are they expecting them to get worse? Yeah, thanks, Ethan. It's uh, great to be with you and your listeners. And the short answer to your question is yes, they are. The most recent catastrophe after the wildfires, Hurricane Ida, is expected to cost insurers and reinsurers about 25 to $30 billion dollars. And just to show that this is not a surprise, or it wasn't a surprise for insurers, stock prices of publicly traded insurers did not change much after Ida hit. And also the rating agencies, including Moody's and uh, one of the others, did not downgrade the outlook for the reinsurance industry. So insurance companies with their actuaries are looking at what's happened, what's happening, how things are, as you say, Ethan, getting more ferocious, the intensity, the severity, as well as the frequency. This is an upward trend, and they're, they're pricing it into their, into their premiums. And probably yeah. we're going to see higher property premiums. 
Well, and this year. is and this is the so it's interesting that it seems like everyone everyone has been aware of this. The public seems to be the last to know if everything's been priced in in the stock price and uh, and things like that. It, it seems like everyone's been on board with this uh, global warming increasing the severity of natural disasters. Now we're all trying to grab. Uh, uh, kind of wrap our minds around the information, um, but really, in a very real sense, we need to get on it because, well, look, I'll use the example of cars because it's usually with our cars, that's where we have the most experience with things like claims and insurance companies. And so if we get into a crash, we can expect our premiums to go up, right? And it, I guess right. it must it works the same way if if our area falls victim to greater um and here in the west we get the we get the the fires right to greater more intense fires that's going to equal higher premiums that we pay out of our pockets to protect our homes from those fires that's correct that's correct and unfortunately the difference is that whereas if you look at the the uh, highway traffic data the government puts out data on crash statistics, on fatal crashes, on where they happen. And people understand that if you have more claims, and it's going to be higher premiums. And last year, the good news was uh, that as people drove less because of the, uh, the pandemic, there were fewer accidents. There were fewer cars on the road. But the unfortunate thing is with natural catastrophes, the issue has gotten politicized. I mean, I say that you're entitled to your own opinion, but not to your own data. What does the data say? Mm -hmm. And the data does point to these increases, but, you know, it's not a debate as to whether climate change is anthropogenic or not. You know, I don't think we need to get into that. But hurricanes and wildfires don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. God's (laughs) wrath and fury have no uh, political distinctions. Uh, These things are happening. And not only are you know, rates going to go up, but the insurance industry is, is vocal about, hey, it's better to have protection. An ounce of yeah. prevention is worth a pound of cure. So right. don't build on the coast. Don't build in a wooded area. There should be restrictions about that. Um, so there's lots that we can do to, to reduce the, uh, the, the death toll and the destruction to property. So uh, share with me a little bit of extra insight. So my neighborhood is not one that's at great fire risk. Okay, it's not a wooded area. We have our neighborhood trees, but but it's 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 not a rural or wooded area. Um, But we do have those along the Wasatch Front. We do have properties. We do have communities that are very vulnerable to wildfire. Can I expect my insurance costs to go up because of these communities? Or because I didn't build in a high risk area, but I'm still, or or, or because I'm I, I didn't build in a high risk area, am I going to be protected from from increasing premiums? I can't answer for every insurance company. Some insurers are very granular, and they look at the individual risk of every home. And if it's not exposed to some of those those perils, then premiums are not going to rise. Other insurers have a way of sort of pooling the uh, the risk and that everyone feels a little bit of the pain and spreads it out rather than just raising it for those that are more exposed. But I would say, though, that the the risks, even though you're not close to a wooded area, are higher because of some of these, these what I believe are climate change-induced 
conditions and changes that are going on, the drought, the high temperatures, uh, these lead to other kinds of insurance losses and flash floods. You know, we think yeah. many people think that floods are only for people that are living next to lakes and rivers and creeks and streams in the ocean. But as we saw in New Jersey, in New York and Pennsylvania and where I am in Connecticut, flash flooding can happen everywhere. Utah, well, just a couple of years ago, there was this incredible destructive hailstorm in Utah that took the insurance yeah. companies by surprise. So these are what insurance companies call secondary perils, but they're not secondary anymore. It's not just the earthquake and the hurricane that we need to be afraid of and prepared for convective storms, which is, which is lightning. It's flash flooding. And central, uh, central Tennessee, 17 inches of rain, 17 inches in a 24-hour period. Yeah. Records being shattered everywhere. People dying in New Jersey from a hurricane that hit Louisiana. Twice as many people died in New Jersey. These things yeah. are unprecedented. Well, and, and we know all about the flash floods here in Utah. Every year people are killed in flash floods here in Utah. So we're, we're no strangers to ah. that phenomenon either. So, uh, All right, uh, Jerry uh, Theodoro is the director of the Finance, Insurance, and Trade Policy Program at the R Street Institute. Jerry, this has been great. Thank you mu so much for bringing some expertise and some context to this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we're going to grab uh, a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, though, we've got plenty more to go. We're, you know, the Taliban has put together their government. Uh, some of them are wanted by the FBI. So that's awkward, especially because we're still trying to kind of negotiate uh, the last few Americans uh, to get out of that country. So what do we do next? We're going to chat with another expert. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.